You may have seen him on his skateboard. You may have seen him on TV. You may have even seen him climbing the shelves in his local supermarket or sitting on an aeroplane with all that extra legroom. He's best known for his work on stage, inspiring and motivating to the world and all it has to offer. Well, now you can hear him, JC, on his very own show, John Kudis. Instead of JC being interviewed, he's doing the interviewing. And the people lined up to have a chat with John Kudis are some of Australia's and the planet's most well-known celebrities, politicians and everyday people. JC resumes the interview he started on the previous episode. Enjoy. So, look, I want to go back to you, like, when you're in in Perth, WA. Before you came east, you went north, and you went a long way north. You went all the way to London. Yeah, like, I I think there was a sort of a ritual back in in those days that that you you went to the UK. Uh, I was 20, 20, yeah, 20 when I left, and um, went to live in London for a year. Uh, I used to watch, when I was a young fella and a teenager, I'd watch the... uh, British Airways or Qantas Jumbos fly over our house yep. uh, into the big blue sky out of the over the Indian Ocean and think, damn, wouldn't it be good to be on one of them one day? Yep. Um, and, and now, how many have you caught over the well, years? Well, a few <laughs> over the years. Yeah. Um, not sadly, not the old seven four sevens anymore. No, they're retired now. Yeah, yeah. Love, I love that aircraft. Um, and so, too many stairs in it for me. <laughs> of course, yeah. Can't get upstairs yet. Um, but. So yeah, I, I just dreamed of doing that, and then when I got when I was old enough, I'd been working for a couple of years at Seven, uh, and I decided to sort of step off yep. and and head to London and um, and had a, a wonderful year over there. Uh, worked for a, a company called Viz News, uh, which a lot of Australians did that uh, became Reuters eventually, um, but uh, had my London experience. Uh, had ended up having to come back to Perth for other reasons. But, um, yeah, I, I have a, a real soft spot for the, the UK. This isn't the only place that you've lived overseas. You've, you've spent a lot of time in Botswana. Yes. And I know that you that's your happy place it in is Africa. Definitely. So tell us about tell us about your time in, in good old Botswana, mate. I fell in love with Africa when I first went there with a, a science show called Beyond 2000. Oh, my God. In 1990. Take me back. Yes. Take me back. Take me back because I had hair then and, you know, I'll... <laughs> And, and the, the sort of innocence of youth, but um, so I literally fell in love with Zimbabwe, which is where we landed uh, on that Beyond trip. Uh, and then, didn't you do some stuff with Animal Planet in Botswana? Eventually, said to my partner, I said to Linda, "Look, we are going to live in Africa. Well, I'm going to live there. You can come too if, if you want. If you want, but I'm going there. Yeah, but I'm going. So <laughs> we we ended up. It took a while." Uh, but I met some great South Africans who moved their safari operations to Botswana. Yep. So that's where we, we chuffed off to, took our daughter, who was 20 months old when we left, Stella. Wow. And, um, yeah, Linda was, you know, as I say to a lot of people, courageous and brave enough to take that on. Yeah, Because wow. I don't think many women would have necessarily. Not with a 20-month-old. Not with a 20-month-old and all that. You know, it's hard enough raising a toddler, let that's alone... That's why she rides a Harley around well, now, mate. Well, yeah, she's, she's got the guts to do mate, that. She's that's tough. tough Kalgoorlie <laughs> stuff, mate. Exactly. Um, so, no, we had an absolute ball and, uh, yeah, ended up uh, helping produce a a series for Animal Planet, um, uh, which we, we did two series of a, uh, a thing called Mad Mike and Mark, who were two mates of mine, uh, pretty crazy fellas, South Africans, um, and had an, a ball, and, and so Africa still plays a big role in my life, and it is definitely where my, my heart 
is or part of my heart is. Do you have a favourite animal? Um, a favourite animal, I would probably say, would be the African wild dog. Yep. I, the African. That is not what I was expecting wolf, you to say. Yeah, I, I'm involved with a fabulous organisation called Painted Dog Conservation Inc. And they are based in Perth. Uh, uh, two dear friends of mine who are committed to uh, doing all they can for this amazing animal, the most endangered predator in Africa, about probably 5,000 left roughly in, wow. in the whole continent. Um, and, and what's their... It's sort of like a, a dingo on steroids. Uh, it, Cross between a hyena, are they a bit like a hyena? Kind of like a, if if you, yeah, kind of like a cross between a hyena and a dingo. Right. um, Beautifully coloured, which is where they they have their other name, the painted wolf from. Um, Amazing social, uh, caring, incredible hunters as well. They, they, Kill on about sort of eight at about an eighty-five percent sort of success ratio. Rate. Wow. Success rate. Yep. So where lions and hyenas are, are way down on that. Um, so they they have a a very serious sort of pack structure as well. Um, beautiful creatures. So that would be the top of my list of uh, favourite African animals. Wow. Well, look, I I went on a safari. Did you back in '94? I was with yep. the Australian cricket team actually. Yep. And it was one just out of Durban called Pinder. Oh, no, I know Pinder very well. Oh, mate, we had a Beautiful, great huh? time there. And we, we saw a lot of Did the you big say Forest Lodge or Mountain Lodge? Oh, Do I you can't remember, remember can't mate. Remember, I can't mate. remember. <laughs> and, um, you know, we were in the open Jeeps and yep. all that. And going around. Yep. We all couldn't go. We all weren't allowed to go. Yeah. Right? Half of us could go. The other half went to Sun City. Right. Right. Gee, I think you did well. I, you I'm did glad well I went on deal. safari, mate. Yeah. But we, you know, we saw all these lions and, and cheetahs and Leopard, leopards. Uh, we see, yeah, we, I don't know if we saw bear, uh, baboons and everything yes, else. Yeah, and, yeah. and the the thing that nearly killed us was an ostrich. Right. <laughs> and this ostrich, mate, it had its back talon was the size of my forearm, yes, yeah. and it chased the jeep down. Guys jumped out of the jeep and ran <laughs> off. I'm not running anywhere, right? <laughs> so I'm actually hiding under the seat of this jeep. And I, I literally, no way. I literally crapped my pants. Really, an ostrich? Yeah, an ostrich, mate. It, it was just. It attacked the jeep and stuck its talons in. Oh man! Get out of here! Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing this as your next book. You know? Oh no way! Yeah, how to survive an ostrich? Yeah, attack. really. Oh mate, the the. The, um, the African guide funny. that we had was trying to shoo him away. Yeah, and yeah. This thing was intent on... Oh. I, I'm guessing it was a male that you disturbed um, well, they at the wrong to, time of... They seem to think it was a female oh, really? nesting. Really? Oh, there yeah, you go. Okay. You know, Never so, stand between a mother and a baby. Oh, absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely yeah. not. So... Anyway, okay. by, the, by the time they got it away and the boys jumped back in the yeah, uh, everyone was in pretty the keen to get back stuff. to the oh, yeah. lodge and have a beer. There was a very weird odour coming up from the back seat. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was uh, it was absolutely crazy. Now I um I know like you're talking about taking Stella over there when she was 20 months old and things like that, but uh, just a little bit of focus on Sam for a minute because I know that Sam um, is a hearts kid baby. Yep. Tell yep. us a bit about the heart kids, because I also know that that's close to yeah, yours. Yeah, of course, close heart. to our hearts in, in our family, obviously. So Sam was, uh, funnily enough, was conceived in Africa. Um, and we No all, ostriches around. No ostriches <laughs> around. Um, no ostriches responsible. So we, at one stage, uh, Linda and I had sort of picked out this amazing little clinic um, birthing clinic in Namibia, of all places. Wow. Uh, a bordering country. So he has Botswana. an African passport. Well, we, we almost. It. We... we 
we were sort of probably four months, oh, three or four months into the pregnancy and, um, uh, you know, Linda being in her 30s and and things being as they were, we thought, look, we'll err on the side of caution. Yep. Probably go back to Australia to, to have this um, child, whatever comes along, yep. girl or boy. Yep. Um, and, and, and because, you know, look, just in case, you know, we better be around decent sort of medical facilities, which they, they had some of that in, in Namibia that the clinic we'd picked out, but, but not probably to the level that we thought, you know. Of course. It, it was a just in case. We knew nothing. We, yep. we had no idea what, what was coming. So, yes, sure enough, Sam was born in um, Western Australia, in Perth, at Osborne Park Hospital, and within a very short time, uh, very unfortunately, we were, we knew we were in trouble with him. Yeah, um, right. So his vital signs sort of started to 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 drop, um, yep. and there were uh, some issues with him. Um, there was a, a a team of sort of paramedics uh, yep. on, on the scene pretty quickly, and so we ended up following an ambulance. Linda and I. Sam in the ambulance to oh, Princess dear. Margaret Hospital, and you know, our lives sort of changed, sort of in in a in a heartbeat. So uh, Sam was later diagnosed the next day with a, a range of uh, a package of sort of Thank you. of um, uh, of issues. The most pressing was a condition called transposition of the great arteries, where the the plumbing is all sort of switched around the wrong way. So the aorta and the pulmonary are um, in reverse. In reverse. So, so eventually, at, at three months, he had to have uh, surgery to have that corrected, and um, and his and his other uh, issues sort of attended to as well. Um, and so, our journey with Sam began, and, and and our journey with Heart Kids began there at, at Princess Margaret Hospital in Perth, and and was continues Heart Kids to already this day. established. Or Heart is Kids it? was 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 pretty new back then. Like yep. it had started in Perth, like. 40 years ago, but it was just a, a sort of a, a bunch of parents who'd gotten together to help support each other. Um, and by the time Sam was born, uh, so 18 years ago, uh, it had become a much more sort of cohesive organisation yep. um, with a sort of mission statements and, and to look after the families of and the, the kids of um, those born with these complex Can, heart conditions, yep. and, and of which there are a great many. So, you know, Sam has taught us a lot about life. Uh, uh, about the things that are important in life, um, which is obviously family, kids, uh, all of those things. And I think he's given us a great perspective over the, the 18 years that we've had him. Um, and, and we are incredibly fortunate that we've still got him, you know, yeah. because, you know, we did nearly lose him as a, as a, as a baby um, in that surgery, which was, was very complicated. Uh, we have people like Dr. David Andrews in Perth, our, our cardiologist, he was our surgeon, our cardiologist, Dr. Luigi Dorsonia, and all the amazing people at HeartKids um, in WA to thank for taking us by the hand, Linda and I by the hand, and Stella, and guiding us through some really difficult times. Yep. So every day, as I say, we come back to that point about not taking anything for granted in life. Yeah, mate, you know what? It's a, it's a story that I think a lot of people out there... Um, go through silently with their children, with, with kids that are born with uh, many different challenges. Definitely. Um, and again, you know, I think one of the things that was great for Sam was the year that he was born, you know, where if it was a lot earlier, you know, they, and, and for Linda as well, it could have been 
a, a lot different, a lot more challenging. Most definitely. Look, Sam was able to have a procedure, thankfully, called an arterial switch operation. Yep. And it really hadn't been around for that long um, in, in that relative sort of space of time that we're talking about. So he was able to have that, and that has enabled him to have a quality of life that if he'd been born 10 years before, he wouldn't have had because yep. he would have had that old procedure. Yep. Um, and, you know, walking up stairs or doing anything for him would have been very difficult so you know we ended up having a a kid who uh last year finished second in the under 20 australian athletics championships 200 meters so jeez um, wow you know so a kid who's you know How running awesome that? yeah 21 you know mid 21s for for 200 meters and and so for us to watch him that day uh you know, clearly brought a, <laughs> a tear to our eyes yeah, thinking of, of the the little bubby who um, whom we almost lost back in 2001. Yeah, wow. You know, miracles do happen, mate. They do. Yeah, they do. Miracles do happen. So when you came back from Botswana, um, what was on offer for you for work was? Where, um, where did you go? Where did you all. put your foot? <laughs> pretty, pretty, that's the straight answer to that, really. <laughs> yeah, it was like calling on favours of um, people you'd... You know, we, we really did step off, you know, yep. so... And, and we knew that. And um, I mean, when, when did you do like it's academic and million dollar minute and, yep. and like the shows that I I remember you for? I actually think that it's academic would go very well on TV still today. Look, I I, I think so. Can I give you a number to call? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so look, uh, uh, we could co-host it. Yes, yeah, there you go. I'd you know, love to do that. Mate, that would be awesome. I would love to do that. Um, so a good friend of mine, Tim Warner, who was not then the CEO of the Seven Network, but Tim and I had worked together and known each other a long time. Uh, he threw me. Uh, it's academic in about yep. two thousand and five. I'd been working. Was it? On, was it new? Um, it was the rehash. Of, a lot of older folks, senior folks, shall we say, um, would know it's academic from the seventies. Right. If, if you were Andrew Harwood, hosted it in um, in New South Wales. Uh, a guy called Jeff Newman hosted it in in WA, where I grew up, and when I was a kid, it's academic was on. TV back then. Yep. Um, so it was a rehash of a, of a, you know, tried and tested sort of formula. So I'd been working on Sunrise a, a, a little while and had been adopted by the, the, the Sunrise family, which I was very fortunate to be at. And so that was sort of my, my, my early roles post Botswana. Yep. Um, and then Tim threw me It's Academic. Uh, and then I ended up doing, uh, uh, voicing a show called The Force, which ran for a long time. Yeah, The Force was a good that. show. A great show. Um, and then along came uh, Million Dollar Minute sort of later in the piece. So, But probably of all those shows, It's Academic is the closest to my heart. We did nine nine years of it. Of It's um, Academic. Of It's Academic, wow. which, which these days is all, you know, almost unheard of. Yeah. But the, the joy I got from that, and I you know, said to other people as well, is that, you know, we had 11-year-old kids. So the kids were in, um, you know, 11 Grade years five old. five and six. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and that's before they hit any sort of cynical... Yep. point in their lives yep. you know sort of starts to come in maybe 12 13 yep. and as you go to high school and stuff and they're still um, a bit fresh aren't they at, they're, they're still, at that age. the world is full of wonder yeah and and so we all on the show loved that sense of hope that sense of anything's possible yep. you know the wonder of walking into a studio wide-eyed for those kids even though it's all sort of smoke and mirrors and it literally was on its academic <laughs> um th- there was something precious about that 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 no, that we all loved, you yep. know, all of the staff from producers to cameramen, 
um, you know, to floor managers, to me and everyone sitting in the control room, uh, there, there was a there was a joy in that. So yep. that's something that we really cherished. I enjoyed watching it. Well, it was one of my favourite shows. Um, You're not just up. saying that. No, I'm very I'm serious. I uh, I did thoroughly enjoy it, and that's when you know I honestly believe that. It, I think it still has a place I, I, in, on look, Australian there television. There was something sort of formal, something nicely formal about yep. it as well. Like, you know, it, there was a... I guess the show was sort of built around a certain respect. You know, yep. there was a contract between the kids who came on the show and a, and a certain formality that, that was a little bit old-fashioned, but I, I like that about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you did it for nine years. I mean, you're almost telling, you know, Alex Trebert from Jeopardy. Now he's done it for like ninety years. Unbelievable! Yeah, what what, what a story a, what that a, is! Wow, yeah. he, he's one guy that I would love to podcast with. Well, he would have a lot of great. He stories. He would have some stories to tell. And, oh and yeah! Look, you know, you now have been around this business for some time as well, and so yeah, longevity is something that's if you achieve longevity. Um, generally speaking, you've got some scars for it as yep. well. Um, we've all got those, you know, in our backs and our sides or <laughs> wherever, wherever we've been stabbed. Yep. Um, but, uh, respect to those that do. Have like the long Great theory, respect yeah. to, to those that do because, um, it's, it's, there are great rewards in, in the, um, entertainment industry, the broadcast television industry, the radio industry. There are potentially great rewards, but, you know, there's some sacrifice and some stuff along Absolutely. the way that, that we know that um, comes with the territory too. So you've reported on, like, the current affairs and wildlife programs. Like, you, you said you've done Beyond 2000. Yes, the science You also did the Olympics, the gymnastics at the Olympics. Yeah, wonderful opportunity Who, at who did you co-host there with? Liz Chetkovich. Liz you know, Chetkovich. the great, the one and only Liz, a dear person. Good old Chetka. Yep. Brilliant gal. Wow. Brilliant gal. And talk about done. it, yeah. I mean, talk about longevity, and uh, you know, Liz has uh, done. You know, I don't know. I think she might have done the first 1896 Olympics. You know, <laughs> done the gymnastics commentary back then. Um, she'll, she'll chase me down for saying that. Yeah, I'm that. sure she will. But you know, I, I I think that she has been the voice of uh, gymnastics, not just in Australia, but for a lot globally. of people around the world yeah, as well. Globally, yeah, with yeah. her. Uh, her wonderful knowledge and uh, again her integrity. Now you also did the um, the America's Cup. Was lucky to do that in Perth, my in, in Fremantle, yep. in my hometown, and and uh, what a time, what a party time that yeah, was. That was wow. uh, that was sort of a little what bit of year work. Was that? 86, 87. Right. So, yeah. so we'd already won it. We'd won it in '83. Yeah, Bondi did his thing. Uh, Ian Murray, behalf, skipper. On John Bertram. Of, on behalf of the Royal Perth Yacht Club, it was John Bertram back then. Um, yep, who. And Ben Lexon with his amazing design oh, for Australia yep, too. Yep. So back it came for the first time in 132 years or whatever it was from the New York Yacht Club to little old the Royal Perth Yacht Club. Yep. So the regatta was held off Fremantle to end of 86 into 87. Um, Ian Murray and the Kookaburra Syndicate became the, 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 the defenders of the America's Cup, um, beating the Bond Syndicate uh, back then. And uh, uh, and the uh, and, and Bertrand and everybody else, and so we had like yeah a little bit of work squeezed in between this six month long party basically, and yeah. it was I mean Fremantle was just jumping for that whole time. Everybody who came, the Italians, the Canadians, the Americans, the Brits, 
the other Aussies as well. Sid Fisher was there with a, a syndicate called Steak and Kidney, uh, a, 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 a yacht called Steak and Kidney. Oh my God! Um, it was a just a six month long party, basically. Wow. Everybody loved it. Everybody who said, you know, we want Fremantle to be, you know, the the kind of host city for the rest of their days. Sadly, the party came to town and left just as quickly because yep. Dennis Connor um, he won it back. With stars and stripes won it back. And off it went to San Diego, I think, the next yeah. time. So the, it was the, the party 80s, left town. Was it the 83 one when Bob Hope... Bob Hope. Bob Hope. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the memories. Yeah, you're welcome. Bob Hawke said if... Uh, That's was it, it. When he said that if uh, any, any boss sacks, sacks anyone he's today, a he's a bum. I'm yeah. not doing a very good hockey, but it was <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Any boss is a bum, yeah. sacks them. He sacks their workers today. You come yeah. up today. Turn up today. Turn up today and sacks You're a yeah. bum. Yeah, jeez. Mate, and what I get out of that was the music from, um, you know, Land Down Under when yeah. we won in 83. 83, yeah, yeah. You know, like, that was that was really unbelievable. Yeah. And 87 and was uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I Two know. Tribes Go to War. Isn't that just oh, that crazy? banging around in my head, the memories <laughs> of that, yeah. So I want to ask you, if, if there's any musical artist that you could be in the world, who would it be? Look, I... I, I don't think I could go past Frank Sinatra. Really? Uh, I mean, you know, Frank's Song depart- and dance departed the scene now for uh, for some years, but um, I was introduced to Sinatra when I was a, a kid, and um, I'll never forget my father bringing home records to sort of uh, s- select records for his next, you know, next week's show. He had a, a jazz and a big band show on the ABC in yep. Perth for many years, and uh, I heard this voice... Uh, you know, coming out of our, our family room, it's like, you know, Dad, what's that? Who's that guy? Like, that's that's a heck of a voice. And I was probably 12 years old, I think. Wow. Um, and, and there was a song that I remember in specifically called In the Wee Small Hours of the Morning, this beautiful ballad, which a 12-year-old kid could have no idea what the lyrics meant, a guy lying there in the wee small hours thinking about a, a woman. Yep. Um, and the time that he misses her most of all. But there was something in that voice, something in the tone, the resonance that just seeped into my soul, into yep. my DNA. And uh, from that day forward, Sinatra has been sort of a, a kind of a, a musical god, spiritual god for me, a guiding light for me, and, and still is to this day. And, and, and those of his ilk as well, like Tony Bennett and yep. others. Well, I do know that you have a little bit of um, musical talent because... You were on a show called It Takes Two. Not for very long, but I was, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I do know a, a very dear friend of ours in Nelson Aspen. Wonderful Nelson. Wonderful Nelson, that you two quite often when Nelson came out to Australia would bust in the tune around we, the we, Channel 7 yeah, Network we, Studios. We did a duet. Nelson and I did it. Now, Nelson can sing. He I, can sing. I, I, I can sing. Thanks to his mother. Yes, Yes, I can sing a little bit. I can not sing That's not what I nearly hear. as well as Nelson. Uh, you know, he's pitch perfect. I, I sort of struggle. Uh, but dear fellow that he is, uh, and, and you're right, a good friend of mine. and uh, He's a legend of a guy. Again, longevity. You know, we're talking about integrity. Absolutely. We're talking about respect. You know, he respects the industry that he works in, respects those he always speaks to, even sometimes those who may not necessarily treat him as, as nicely as he deserves to be. But uh, that that man is still on television, still doing what he does because yeah. he's a 
very decent and good fella. He is a great guy, Nelson. A wonderful, wonderful guy. If there's two songs that you could play for the rest of your life, what are the two songs that you would play? All right. I would put the Summer Wind, the Sinatra's Summer, Summer Wind. Wind. Yeah, at the top. And I'll, I'll say this because I lost a dear friend uh, to cancer, a dear friend of mine, Brad Lyons, uh, recently. Um, and I was lucky to see Tony Bennett in concert with him. At the, I dragged him to the Royal Albert Hall in London. Wow. Um, when we were much younger and on a, on a, um, a Beyond 2000 trip. And we were lucky enough to turn up on a day. I picked up a timeout in, uh, at our hotel we checked in. A timeout, a London timeout, and I saw that Tony Bennett was playing at the Royal Albert Hall around the corner from us that night. Wow. So I said, I grabbed Bradley at check-in. I said, mate, before, going. before we put our suitcases in our room, I'm buying you this ticket. I think it was, I don't know, 70 quid each or something. I said, I don't care. Like, I'm running around the corner to see if they've got any seats left, and you're coming with me. He said... Bloody Tony Bennett, you know. I said, no, no, you know, this this is on me, and I'm making you come. So, I got two tickets. They were uh, they were literally some of the last tickets. Yep. So that night, right place, right put, time. Put on our, you know, lined our shirts and and dragged him around the corner, and he was wowed by this really voice, by this man, by this charisma. So the other song to come back to that, we, we lost Bradley. Uh, Back in March, just as, as, as COVID was hitting and we we're all shutting down, and yep. he was a dear friend of mine for you know. Was he living in London? Living in in Sydney with right. his family. Yep, um, Debbie, his uh, dear wife, and three beautiful girls, uh, Lily, Sammy, and Zoe. Yep. So for him, I will say a song called "Yesterday I Heard the Rain." Wow! Um, and that that song, it's personal for me, um, but it it the, the lyrics. Uh, resonate um, enormously with me and and remind me of uh, him and uh, a wonderful time and a wonderful friendship. Is is that the best concert you've seen, the Tony Bennett? I, I reckon it. Uh, look, I, I reckon it, it. It probably was, and it's funny. I mean, Sammy Davis Jr. I was lucky to you see him You saw Sammy Davis Jr. Johnny Cash as well. Did I he saw, do Bojangles? He sure oh, as hell did. Gee. Each time. Jeez Louise. Twice in Perth, yeah. And, I mean, that's pin, oh. drop, that's pin drop stuff, you know, with, yeah. with a man of his stature and that voice and that presence, wow. that stage presence. And, and, and look, I, I, I probably would, would put maybe Johnny Cash at the top of the scene. You scene, saw the great Johnny man. Cash yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. The only time I see Johnny Cash is when I eat a curry because I get the ring of fire. <laughs> good <laughs> and line. It, and it burns, burns, burns. Good line. Very good. <laughs> All right, so let me ask you, Neil Diamond or Elvis Presley? Um, I would say Elvis for sure. Right. Yeah. I saw Neil Diamond in concert. Yeah. And at that stage I saw him was the greatest concert I've ever seen. Yeah. Now being superseded by Bette Midler. Really? Saw Bette Midler live yep. in Caesars Palace in Vegas. Yeah. And Nothing came close. Mate. Yep. I had tears streaming down my face. Yeah. There, there is something about, like, a Bette Midler, a Sammy Davis, um, you know, a Tony Bennett. They they have that that rare stagecraft quality oh. where, where they're, they're the aura of their personality. It's not just the songs, is it? It's, it's they know how to hold a crowd. They oh, know yeah. how to hold a song, of course. Yeah. 
but there is something the, about the, the aura. entertainment value that they just know what they're doing. It goes way beyond the the, yeah. the song itself. Yeah, you know? yeah, it really so does. Beneath what my wings, she did it. Oh, she, she did, did all that, mate. All of that. The yep. rose. Yeah. You know, like oh, it was pin drop stuff again. Oh, it really was. I, st- I remember Leon and I sitting there and um, sitting in front of us are uh, three beautiful um, African American ladies. You know, they were middle aged and they. Just loved Beck, you know, they loved her. And in Caesar's Palace, they had people walking around doing promo photos. You know, they'd, they'd put a boa on you and, you know, huddle together and you have photos and things like that. And two of these three girls wanted to have a photo, but one didn't. <laughs> and, and they really wanted it to, you know. Yep. And there was, would have been four and a half thousand people, you know, in the Coliseum of Caesar's. So, and, and I'm encouraged, come on, look, you've got to have a photo. You're here with your friends. <laughs> okay, you need to have a photo. And anyway, she changed her mind and she decided to have a photo. So they all stood up and they put the bow around it and it's really quiet in the auditorium. And I've yelled out at the top of my voice, look, everybody, the Supremes are here. <laughs> and and every, everybody started up. clapping and cheering. And, and this <laughs> this poor woman sunk back into a seat to didn't know what to do. It oh, was, she would have loved it. Oh, it was they really great. It. it was that was a really special moment, memorable moment. And yeah. that concert, oh, jeez, Louise. Yeah, it was yeah. the the greatest thing. I mean, special. And Bet's known she's got a bit of a tongue on her too. Mm, you know what mm. I mean? And she's, a bit of a wag. Yep. Yeah, and she gave it to Sarah Palin because that 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 time, you know, Sarah Palin is telling everybody that she can see Russia from her place yes, in Alaska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh god, lots of material for Bet to work with. Oh, absolutely, mate. There, there oh, is nothing god. like a great concert like that when you 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 are literally flying on air when you come out. Oh so. yeah. Now I understand that you also have another hidden talent, um, and this comes directly from an, another good friend of ours in Melissa Doyle. Thanks, oh. Doyley. She tells me to ask you about the time that. You can actually whistle and make a horse pee. Oh, God. Oh, my God, man. Thank you for that memory. Uh, so yeah, tell, well, tell me, okay, what the hell happened there? I don't know if it's, it's a talent, but... Um, so my very first job uh, was as the beautifully titled swab attendant at Richmond Raceway in, uh, in, in Fremantle. Wow. Um, so I would go down on a Friday night meeting. So swab attendant, I'm guessing you... you'd. Check your swabbing horses to see if they've been drugged. Correct. Right. You've gone straight to it. You got it in one. So you would have to take the winner of the the uh, the race. Yep. Uh, after they had their sort of little wash down and stuff, they go into a stall uh, with you um, and a vet and their handler, and then you start whistling and you get them to piss into a really into a can. Yeah, I mean it's not. A, it's a big can. <laughs> it's, it's not like. It's not like. Hang on, quick! You know, yeah. move the hand around. No, no, it's not what we use when we go to the doctor. No, 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 it's not. It's, it's like a big bucket. It's a long. Yeah, it's a long handled can. And so some of the horses step into the stable and they'll piss within 15 seconds, and you better be ready. Yeah, right. Other horses, you can be whistling for 30 minutes. And that thing is and just you staring at you going, I am not pissing for you <laughs> here or anywhere, son, 15-year-old kid. So, um, but look, you know, I had a pretty good success rate. I was a pretty good whistler. Yep. Um, I reckon I, you know, probably had a 95% hit rate. And, um, but so we, we did try it on air when Grant was doing, Grant Daniel was doing weather one day. Yep. And, um, oh, good. He's, and, he's and a so good, he'd like to have me around because I'm the only one that he's fella. taller then. Yep. Yes. 
the um, yeah, so we did set that up, but they were at the Centennial Park stables, right? Um, so we, I was in the studio, so we had to do a remote whistle. Yes, but um, we, it, it, it worked well. In fact, it worked too well, and the horse actually crapped itself oh. on, on television. So there you go. So uh, I don't know what, what something about my whistle that day, but it it, it didn't take a piss. It took a it took a dump. poop. Took, it a, took poop. a poop. Yeah. All right. I want to in this very trying time with uh, COVID nineteen coronavirus around. If you're in a virtual house, you and five other people, mm. who would you have in the house with you? Mm. Oh, I'd, I'd like. I'd, I think I'd definitely like one of those people to be Barack Obama. Right. Yeah. Wow. Just you know, I think his intelligence yep. and he'd be just a hell of a good conversation fella, conversation starter. Yep. Um, I would like one of those people to be. Jerry Seinfeld. I saw him live. Did you really? I have I've seen never Jerry had. live. Yeah. I just think, again in Vegas. Again, his intelligence. He'd be challenging. You know, uh, it'd be hard, but I think that would be really interesting. Yep. Um, Got to get a woman in there, haven't we? What, Linda? Couple women. Yeah, Linda. Probably, <laughs> that'd be a pretty good start. She could pack a Harley whoops, at the front. Yeah. Whoops! Is that she's, come, she's coming around the corner? Of course, Linda. It goes without saying. Um, a couple more. I'll, I'll go to the sports world, shall I? Yeah, please. Um, let's go to the sports world. Um, I'm thinking of tennis players. Gee whiz! I, I, I'll just have to. I'll have to come back to. Can I pass for now? Can I come you, back to it? You can phone a friend. No, no, yeah, you I, can, I'm, I'm going to be in pass. too much trouble. If you, you, th- you chose Linda, so thank gosh you threw her in there. <laughs> Wouldn't have been able to get back in the door. Or what about you have a favourite wrestler? A favorite? My, mine's Rey Mysterio because he's a little dude, wears a mask. Really? Yeah, he does so, a six one nine. So this is this is how bad I, I. So is he from the current generation WWE? Is I, this? I think he still wrestles, but not as much. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, see, I'm going back to WWF. I'm going back beyond that. World Championship Wrestling. I'm going to say. Mario Milano. Oh my God! Yeah, or Spiro Ag- Spiro uh, Spiro Spiros Arion. I was going to say Spiro the good, Agnew, the good Greek a, boy. Yeah, a U- U.S. Vice President, but Spiros Arion or Mario Milano. Wow! So I'm going way back to the sixties when when it was on on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Jack Little, the American, was the was the host. Yep, uh, the voice of wrestling, um, and I would practice wrestling moves on you know the dog on my sister and stuff. Um, Killer Cal Cox, oh, was Haystacks oh Calhoun. My God. So some names that some of your listeners Hulk Hogan. That's that's Hulk was way way, past way that. after that. Way way after that. Yeah, we're Ron Miller and Larry O'Day. These, these are names that some of your listeners will no know. Idea. Yeah, I've I know. Got no I'm, idea. I'm looking at you. And you're I'm going. Old. You're looking at. You're giving me nothing. <laughs> People will say, "Yeah, of course we know those guys." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're looking at me, going, "What? What's what he talking about? What are you talking about? Another language." <laughs> See, have, I didn't know yours, so there you oh, go. Oh, there you go, yeah, yeah. So do, do you have, um, maybe in Frio or, or here, or both, a favourite cafe or restaurant? Uh, good question again. Um, well, we love here on the coast, we do love Majira, yep. uh, which is uh, a Sydney family who moved up, uh, who started their little operation in Mudrabar Village. Yep. Um, so are they still at Mudrabar? Yeah, yeah, yep. still there. Give them a give them a shout out. Yep, still there at Mudrabar. Uh, do a great job. Sensational, 
Mundrabaz, even in the 10 years we've been here, yes. it's changed a lot. Oh, like, yeah. You know, the, the, the growth, sort of, mate. Yeah, it, it, absolutely extraordinary. Mm. Um, I do love a cafe called Speedos at Bondi. Yeah. I've just been in the last couple of days with my, my, my daughter. Um, Stella! Stella! And in Frio, I will say um, uh, probably La Vespa as well. Right, Italian, South obviously. South Fremantle, yep. Yep, I, I was um, I was big on the scene when the Sicilian yes started off started off in Parramatta yep. in Sydney, um, and then they branched out a little bit yep, uh, and had one in Subi when I was going over there okay. do a bit of work yep. I still and you know as, as I mentioned earlier you know went there a couple of times with some West Coast Eagles boys yep. it's just beautiful food yeah good you know I don't even know if it's still there yeah I don't I'm not sure either I, yeah. I, I, w- I wouldn't know but there's nothing like the the you know, if you walk into a great Italian cafe, I mean, look, Pellegrini's in, in Melbourne is that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, well, there's the, some great the, cafes in terribly Melbourne. Terribly sad story from you know a, a, a couple of years ago, um, which they got sort of tangled up in. But you know, just the best. That, yeah. that The the vibe when you walk in there, you could be walking into a, a cafe in Rome. You know, back in the fifties or whatever. And the smell, right? The smell oh. of it, the the hum of it, yeah. the, the conversation. You know, it, it, it's, it's a special feeling, that. You know, we're, we're talking about, you know, many different cafes and you bring up Melbourne. I just want to share a story with you. Many years ago, I got a phone call from Tony Shaw, mm. who was then the coach of the Collingwood Magpies, yeah. right? Yeah. This was back when it was VFL. Yep. And he rang me up and he said, would you like to come down and, and have a chat to our boys? And it was the first professional sports team that I'd ever spoken to. So they flew me down. Never been in business class before, so I love that. Right? Wow. Um, and Gubby Allen, Graham Allen, the great Fitzroy mm. Lions player, played for Brisbane as well. He, yep. he was the football manager at Collingwood, picked me up. And we drove to the Hilton on the Park, which is opposite the, uh, the, the yes, MCG. Yes, MCG, yep. It's now called the Pullman on the Park, with my great mates down there. Erkin is the, uh, the general manager. Um, and he said, well, look, we're just going to check in, but then we're going to go out. We're going to go and have... Uh, uh, a luncheon, I think it was on uh, in Chapel Road or Ligon Street, one of those places. Mm-hmm. I said, no worries, mate. So we dumped the bags, we jumped back in the car and off we go. We said, we've got to go and meet Tony. I said, oh. And the internet wasn't big and strong back in those days and I only knew a little bit about Tony from what I could find out, that he was uh, short in stature, a hard-on-his-sleeve kind of guy, mm-hmm. very good player, you know, so now coaching. So we went around there and and I knew nothing about VFL. I've grown up in country New South Wales where it's a yeah. rugby league All stronghold, league. Yeah. right? Rugby league stronghold. So, and I didn't want to talk too much. I just wanted to absorb what they were saying. So I'm sitting there listening and listening. And there's three guys there and I'm listening. Wow, it's just the, the passion they have for this sport of VFL. And, and I turned to Gabby and I said, mate, look, I know you played. You know, you're pretty good. I know you played. And Shorey, I said, mate, I know you played too. And now you're <laughs> coaching. And then I turned to this other guy and I said... Tell me, Lee, did you ever play the game? Oh, my, no way. It was Lee Matthews. What? Player of the century. Are you kidding me? I had no... Wash your mouth out. The other two... What what was his response? Like, only look at him coming out of his ears. But the other two were killing themselves laughing. They were peeing themselves laughing. 
But like, like, like to put it like in context, like Artie Beats and you know, or Wally Lewis, yeah, you know, or did Andrew you ever Johns. play the game? Yeah. Did you ever play the game? Did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez, oh shit, it was hilarious. Oh, no. man, I tell you, I'll never forget that. Oh my god, it, Lee it, Matthews, Lee Matthews, the gun, lethal Lee, lethal Lee. He played excellent. Tough. He took Brisbane Lions to three in a row oh, as look, well, you yeah, know. He's, tough, uh, ruthless, but brilliant. Oh, yeah. Um, but, demanded but, a lot of his charges. But yep. They, he he they, delivered, mate. Yeah, they you sweated blood for him. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So a couple of quick questions to finish off. Three of the best colleagues you would choose to have a night out with. Uh, colleagues? Yep. Oh, um, no, well, anyone. Yeah, okay. Well, look, I, I put Monique Wright at the top okay. of that list. Uh the most generous human being, the funniest human being uh, as well, I think. Wickedly funny. Really? Oh, man. That doesn't come across in front of camera. Oh, dear, oh, dear. John, let me tell you, um, <laughs> wickedly funny. Um, look, Sally Bowery as well. Right. Um, Sal, I love dearly. Uh, the two of them have been very dear friends to me. Yep. Um, and... Uh, and look, let's throw Andrew O'Keefe into that mix okay. as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And we, we were the Weekend Sunrise crew for years together. Yeah, a long time, um, yeah. With Sally, Andy and, and Mon. And, you know, we really became very close. Yep. Uh, and so they are just the best company. Wow. Um, if they were here with you and I right now, you know, you would be in stitches really? for the whole time. Um, we'll have to make that happen, we, mate. We, I, would, I would love that to happen. Yeah. We'll see if I can pull a few strings. Get A-OK up here. and Yeah, no, they, they are really true friends. Yeah. You know, and so um, I, that would that's a pretty easy decision for me yeah. to make. And, and, you know, it's beautiful to hear you talk like that, Simon, because people lose sight of why they have friendships, you know, and people think, and, and there are a lot of people out there that will only become friends with with some people because of what they can do for them. And, yeah. you know, you and I being, I guess, in the media spotlight, you obviously a lot more than, than me, you, you, we do come across those people where that there's ulterior motives mm. to why they want yeah. to get to know you and things like that. And, and a lot of people lose sight of of what real friendship means. Most definitely. I, I could not agree with you more. And uh, I think that, you know, good friends, like we've all had adversity in the yep. time that we've known each other um, and, and had to deal with issues that are very, you know, are, are big issues. Um, uh, Andrew, Mon, Sally and myself in yep. different ways. And, uh, you know, the support that they have always shown for me, mm-hmm. uh, I, I hope in, in reverse... Uh, support I've shown for them as well. Life is, it's a flipping bumpy ride, man. Yeah. And, and it's a bumpy ride in the media as well. Um, and, n- you know, when you put your hand out, not everyone's gonna, not everyone's gonna grab it. But yeah. if I put my hand out, uh, I know every single one of them would reach out and, and pull me on board yep. and put themselves in, you know, in harm's way yep. to do that. And I, I would do absolutely the same thing for them. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Mm. Well, look, mate, I want to thank you so much for your time today and thank Linda for driving past yeah, and look, checking look, on the Harley, well. I can hear it coming yeah. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Q Harley effect. Yeah, yeah, damn, we'll, we'll get, we'll get, get my later. mate Gadge, you'll yeah, put that yeah. in for me. But look, I, I, I want to thank you so much. I mean, 
right from the word when I rang you up and asked you, uh, would you be interested in doing this? Straight away, you said yes. Of course. And, you know, and, and I'm truly honoured and, and to well, see I'm you with me. I'm honoured as well. I'm, I'm, a, oh. I'm a big grader, mate. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a maybe B, maybe a C-lister these days. Mate, you are not a B grader. <laughs> Let me tell you, you are up there as, as one of the true gentlemen of our media industry. You You have stood the test of time. You've been around for a long time and as you said, and longevity is is hard to come by in people these days and you've you are a testament to that. You know, you've been around in the in the industry for I'm gonna all well, thirty years well, at least. Hopefully a little bit hopefully yeah. a little bit yet as oh, well. Oh yeah but, well before mate, I lose every single year. Well we're, we're gonna co host the new Eats Academic. That is a good plan. You know, I'm, a, I'm doing the proposal straight after this. Well let's do that mate because I think it'll really work. But uh Ladies and gentlemen, please uh, let's put our hands together and make sure we thank uh, my, my dear friend, Simon Reeve. Thank you, John. Thank you very much, Simon. You've just listened to John Kudis's Rolling Success podcast show. Please make sure you subscribe to listen to all the podcasts and follow John Kudis on all social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn. Thank you.